0: good morning everybody happy Monday to you I am live today uh, I'm live most days but now most weeks I think you've caught on I usually pre-record Monday Monday's my day off and so I if, if I come in to do Tim with Tim, uh, I almost don't leave the office, <laughs> and I end up not taking a day off, but, but anyway, uh, when I'm finished, I want you guys to run me off, make me go. I got to mow, finish mowing my yard, I got grocery shopping to do, and a, a, a long list of chores today, but anyway, I'm happy to start the day with you. I can't tell you how much I love being in the Word with you, and, uh, and again, I just love being with you live, too, uh, Acts chapter 18 verses 18 to 28 is where we are. It is Monday, it's the start of the new week and I'm thrilled to be in the book of Acts with you. Go on verse by verse and right here, uh, smack dab in the middle of chapter 18, verse 18. The scripture picks up where we left off Friday and says Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that. After what? If you remember, I know it's been a long weekend. Uh, Gallio, uh, the governor of Achaia, had basically refused to consider Uh, The case against Paul, you know, from the Jewish perspective, he just said that was Jewish business and he didn't care about it. So anyway, I mentioned how that was an important legal precedent, and and it is. It establishes sort of a Roman disinterest in persecuting or prosecuting Paul. But now, what that creates also is an atmosphere where he can remain right there in Corinth and minister for as long as he wants. And so that's what he does. Eventually, he says goodbye though. And, uh, and heads to uh, Sancreia uh, nearby. And there mentions here in verse 18 that he shaves his head uh, as a way of marking the end of a vow. We don't know anything about that. I, I mean, uh, you know, it's the Bible, you all, and it's the only Bible we have, and that's the only time this is mentioned. So we don't get any more information than what you have right there. Um, it sounds like a Nazarite vow, you know, which you know, pertains to growing and, and cutting hair, Uh, as a sign of Jewish, you know, consecration and commitment, Um, but there's certain things about this that that don't exactly add up. In a Nazarite vow in Paul's day, you would typically shave your head in Jerusalem as a part of making the sacrifice, because you'd cut your hair and then throw the hair into the uh, burning sacrifice, Uh, but Paul's not in Jerusalem, so uh, I don't know. Nobody really knows what this vow is about. But the one thing that it does really illustrate is that even uh, with Paul's incredible passion and commitment to Gentile mission, he is still deeply and passionately Jewish. And so this vow taking and, uh, and vow completion uh, is, uh, is, is uh, just a demonstrative of his continuing commitment to his Jewish faith. I think that's interesting. From there, Priscilla and Aquila go with him, and they head to Ephesus. Uh, it's it's on the way it, between Corinth and Syria, uh, the, the the Syrian coast. It's just on the way. So so honestly, uh, uh, it it's 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 not some big journey to Ephesus. Although this passage sort of is a transitional sort of uh, 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 section because Paul's third missionary journey is going to be primarily spent in Ephesus. We'll get to that. Uh, starting, I guess, tomorrow with chapter 19. Um, So again, this is sort of a preview because Paul is wrapping up. You know, we're right here. We're finishing the second missionary journey and kind of pointing toward the third where Paul is going to come back to Ephesus. But for now, they're just on the way. They stop in at Ephesus. Paul leaves Priscilla and Aquila behind, and uh, he heads to the synagogue, which is his custom to reason with the Jews there. They beg him to stay. He says, I can't stay, but I'll come back. And, uh, And he does keep that promise. He uh, uh, heads back to the port of Caesarea. From there, he visits Jerusalem, and then he gets back to Antioch. So again, full circle. The missionary journeys begin in Antioch and end in Antioch. So, with kind of not a lot of fanfare in the scripture, verse twenty-two marks the end of the second missionary journey. Uh, I know. I, I I think I want something there, you know, to say, you know, but it doesn't really happen there. We just get these verses that are sort of travelogue. Uh, information that are, you know, sort of buffering the two journeys. Verse 23, after spending time in Antioch, Paul went back through Galatia and Phrygia, visiting, and strengthening all the believers. So that's kind of officially the beginning of the third missionary journey right there. Paul is going to begin the third missionary journey, which is, you know, going to go back to Ephesus. But rather than take the, the the sea, you know, route, you know, by ship back to Ephesus, Paul chooses to go backtracking through all of the other churches he has uh, established. Paul has this ongoing commitment to discipling and strengthening the, the churches, the believers, that he has, you know, helped start in the faith. And I think that's wonderful. He continues always to launch out for new territory, new believers, you know, new mission fields, but he never ever neglects the old. Uh, and just an example of his dedication, it's not spelled out in verse 23, but like I said, it would be a lot shorter just to get back on a boat and go back to Ephesus, but instead, Paul's going to do a 1,000-mile, you know, journey by foot you know, I like, I mean, this is just foot travel. He's going to, you know, go a thousand miles and then come back around to Ephesus. So uh, this dude loves to travel. He loves the gospel. He loves people and he is unstoppable. And you got to love that. You know, meanwhile, verse 24 starts with meanwhile, uh, we just get this introduction to a Jew named Apollos. He's an Alexandrian Jew uh, which makes him very interesting and the introduction of him here he's obviously just an amazing amazing teacher an amazing man of God but his introduction is also kind of weird uh and honestly if if, if you can figure it out you're way ahead of a world of scholars because nobody's ever really agreed on what exactly apollos is you know uh shortcoming was here just notice what it says he knows the scriptures well okay and he had been taught the way of the Lord okay and and he had taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy however he only knew John's baptism so what (laughs) what um he had been taught the way of the Lord well the Lord is Jesus so he's a Christian He, he is he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit that's ambiguous. Uh, the Greek text is ambiguous. We don't know if like he, he had a passionate, enthusiastic spirit or if it's the Holy Spirit, because I'd want it to be the Holy Spirit, except he's really only learned about John's baptism. And typically, if you only know John's baptism, then that means you don't know Christian baptism and, and usually haven't received the Holy Spirit. But I don't know. None of that is spelled out for Apollos. And then verse 26 When Priscilla and Aquila hear him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they take him aside and explain the way of God even more accurately. Um, hmm. So they don't baptize him. So it doesn't seem as if he is somehow not sufficiently converted. He's a Christian. He seems to have the Holy Spirit and he's been baptized, but he seems somehow insufficiently schooled in Christian baptism he knows about John's baptism. He must have been baptized, but he doesn't quite have the baptism part together. So Priscilla and Aquila, they heard him in the synagogue. This suggests that the Ephesian ministry at that point is still primarily located in the synagogue. They haven't been kicked out yet, you know, so it's mostly in the synagogue. And uh, when they hear Apollos, you know, with so much potential. But then, you know, he's just off on this one one bit, you know, pertaining to baptism. So they take him aside. Most likely they take him to their house and they uh, they give him extra lessons in Christian baptism. Uh, I, I think that's just neat. Uh, one thing you must not miss is that Priscilla and Aquila are listed together, husband and wife. Priscilla's listed first which is always in, in scripture and in the ancient world, uh, if you list a person first, it is a sign of their status. So for whatever reason, Priscilla has higher status than her husband. Uh, even in this matter of teaching Apollos, so I, I know there's some people who you know always get a little nervous when a woman you know looks like she's about to do something in church. Would you really would have been very nervous around Priscilla, <laughs> because she's obviously a woman of great influence, great education, and a woman who doesn't just you know help teach Apollos. It sounds like she takes the lead in correcting the doctrine of this great man. Apollos will go on to be a very well loved and an influential Christian teacher. After Priscilla and Aquila kind of, you know, soar up where he's lacking, they sort of turn him loose. So Apollos then goes to Corinth, and notice what it says here in verse 27, the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encourage him to go. So remember what I said earlier, it mostly seemed to be, you know, kind of located in the synagogue. By the time Apollos gets ready to leave, There seems to be a congregation that's established, a Christian church established, because the brothers at that point uh, they write a letter. Uh, So again, it sounds like there's some organization now, an establishment to the Ephesian church. They encourage him to go, and so Apollos heads off to Corinth, where he uh, refutes the Jews with great power in public debate. And uh, Apollos is just an amazing teacher. You know, so much so that when Paul eventually is answering, you know, his critics in the church at Corinth, remember that one of the uh, things he has to refute is the people who say, yeah, we belong to Apollos, you know. In other words, you can have Paul, Apollos is our pastor, you know, so obviously Apollos is going to leave quite a mark on the church at Corinth, Uh, and again, there's nothing negative about that, despite the fact that the church at Corinth will end up dividing in as many ways as they can divide, including over leadership. Paul and Apollos who Priscilla and Aquila they are fighting together on one team they are uh, an amazing unstoppable force for the gospel and i love that we'll pick up right here in chapter 19 tomorrow which is uh, Paul's third missionary journey proper and and we'll i think we'll take 2 days probably looking at that so anyway i love you guys so much i am on my day off today i am going to i, I got to run by some offices and do some uh, some uh, busy work but i've also got to a uh, yard finish MoMA yard Uh, I started before it rained and then it rained. So anyway, it's a mess. It's a good thing I live off the road and nobody sees my yard. Anyway, it's a busy day for me, but I love you guys so much. I'll see you in the morning. Chapter 19, verses 1 to 22, okay? Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 22. I love you guys so much. Have a great day.